welcome to the uh, full day of the London Conference. Uh, for those of you who joined us last year... My name is Alan Phillips. I'm editor of the World Today magazine. I'm here at the London Conference. With me is Dr. Shashi Tharoor, who has a distinguished career as an international civil servant, including as Under Secretary General of the United Nations. He is now a member of the Indian Parliament and chairman of its External Affairs Committee and a prolific author and commentator. This was a, a discussion about um, the way in which the world has become fragmented and whether states are no longer as relevant. Uh, I suggested states were relevant and that the world is more networked than fragmented. That countries are now dealing with each other, not in the old Cold War binaries, but across various configurations of interest that at the end of the Second World War, a world order was created that ensured a long peace once again in Europe. There was basically a system that was able to guarantee some peace. And my argument was unlike what happened in the late 19th, early 20th centuries, when countries like Germany and Japan, the newly rising powers, had to disrupt the existing order in order to get some room for themselves, that today's rising powers, countries like China and, Japan, and India, are saying not that they want to overturn the high table, but they simply want to place at the high table. And that therefore, what we need to see is more statesmanship from those who are on the top of the heap to accommodate new powers coming into it. I'm Margaret McMillan, the warden of St. Anthony's College at Oxford University. I was talking about the similarities and the differences between 1914 and 2014. There are things that are similar in the world of pre-1914, before the First World War, that are rather like our world today. Globalization and reactions to globalization, rising powers, declining powers, and the tensions that those cause. And should we be worried that we might be in the dangerous sort of situation that the world found itself in 1914? And what I also worry about is that we're very like this world, the world before 1914, because we've become rather complacent. We haven't had a major war for a long time. There have been certainly lots of wars, a great many people killed, but we've not had a major conflict, and we tend to think it can never happen. And that's exactly what they were thinking in 1914. Multiplicity of ways for uh, countries uh, to cooperate among themselves. Montek Singh Alwalia, distinguished visiting professor at the Stern School of Business. In the case of developed countries, they've already reached very high levels of per capita income. But for developing countries that are at low levels of per capita income, these countries have to grow, but they have to do it in a manner that won't uh, damage them and damage the global economy. And exactly how that's to be done is an open question. If the developed countries do a lot uh, of technology development, improving energy efficiency, all that will be absorbed by the developing countries. So frankly, if the developing countries were to get on with becoming more energy efficient, you can be pretty sure that that'll uh, flow down into the developing countries also. So the total effect could be quite significant. I mean, the good news is that both the developed and the developing countries are doing something. Everybody is aware of the problem. But I think the sum total of what is being done and currently planned will not uh, keep the climate warming within what was used to be called a safe level. The important thing for Africa is who will decide on... Vera Songwe, non-resident senior fellow at the Brookings Institution and country director for the World Bank for Senegal, Mauritania, Cape Verde, Gambia and Guinea-Bissau. 
So the magnitudes with China and Africa have just been quite impressive. But it's not only the trade that has been impressive. I think it's been what has happened at that period. What has happened is two things. One, Africa has managed during this 2000-2008 financial crisis period to use China as a buffer to keep growing. So with China as a diversified new trade partner, what we've managed to do is succeed in riding the financial crisis. But during that period, there has also been a lot of learning going on. And post the financial crisis, in the last three years, trade is redirecting itself back to the EU and the US. But with added productivity and added value, having learned from the trade with China. So there has been a transfer of technology, first from Africa with trading with China, to Africa now redoing its trade uh, uh, negotiations and partnerships with the European Union and the US. Shorter in terms of their, what one might call economic life or, or uh, productive uh, my name is Wu Jianming. I used to be Chinese ambassador in Europe for nine years. China is a victim of double standard. In 1984, Mr. Deng Xiaoping, aware of territorial dispute in the South China Sea, he put forward a formula, said, let's leave aside the dispute. This formula has been ignored by our neighbors. They start unilaterally exploiting resources from this part of the world. Today, China is doing something in this part of the world because South China Sea is very important for China. So on the basis of the reefs which belong to China, we reclaim some land from the ocean. When our neighbors did that, this is a China rise, the peaceful rise. Thank you to all of you for being here. So, thank you.